You are listening to the Whatsoever 168 Podcast with Jen Renault. You're here, and we're back. After a fun weekend of snow skiing and all five of us came back unscathed, thank you, Lord. I'm back at it with a special guest for you. Thank you all for listening to my podcasts and for encouraging others to subscribe. Please continue to share these episodes and hit me up on social media. I am thoroughly enjoying the feedback. Now, back to my guest, who I share with you today, which is February the 10th, on the feast of St. Scholastica, who happens to be the patron saint of nuns and education. And my dear guest today so happens to love learning. So how apropos is that, right? This beautiful soul is a wife, a mom, a new-to-the-role-of-grandma, yay, Archie, a convert, an indefatigable helper wherever she is needed, a lover of people and animals, and just an all-around sweet person with a sometimes-below-the-radar-whatsoever project that is simply fascinating. I cannot wait for you to learn all about her ministry, so get ready as I introduce to you my sweet friend, Cindy Oates. So here we are with my dog, Bear, and my friend Cindy Oates, and we are sitting in my piano room, and I'm so excited that you're here. Welcome today, Cindy. So glad you're here. Thank you, Jen, for asking me. So before we get started, what I thought we would do today is have you dive right in and just tell our listeners a little bit about you and a little bit about your background, and then we'll jump into your whatsoever project. I am a native Floridian. You don't meet too many of us. Um, I was born in Sanford and grew moved to Tallahassee when I was 10, and uh, went off to the University of Florida. I didn't stay in Tallahassee to go to school, so I saw my two brothers do that, and I said, nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm going off to college and have a life. My husband and I have been married 36 years, and we have two sons, 29 and 31, John and Ryan. They both actually went to St. Mary's, and uh, we just became grandma parents about four and a half months ago, a little boy named Archie. Um, Hi, Archie. Yes, we're going to see him here shortly in another about week and a half. Can't wait. Get to go spoil him. My hobbies is I do enjoy reading, and I read a great deal, mostly about my faith. Mm -hmm. And I'm currently reading a book on St. Teresa of Calcutta, who is my favorite saint. And uh, my passions are I actually love going to Mass. I love receiving the Eucharist, and I also do enjoy volunteering. I'm retired and decided I wasn't going to be one of these people that lays on the couch and watches TV and eats bonbons. <laughs> I was going to go out and actually see if I could uh, help my community and help my church. That's awesome. So what's inspiring you right now along with the books that you're reading? Um, I think what inspires me is just, I think I try to, at least in my prayers daily, always ask God to see His face in everyone I encounter and to show that person kindness and respect and decency and love and patience because it's something we all need. And so that's something that's very important to me. That's what, that's what inspires me every day and I always ask him for that. That's beautiful, to see the face of God in the people that you meet. It's so funny that you mentioned about the FSU thing with your brother <laughs> because I didn't know that we had that in common. My brother is three years my senior and he did not go straight off to college 
And so I had earned these basketball scholarships and I had gone to basketball camp at FSU and the head coach, believe it or not, wanted this little four foot 11 girl to play for her. And then about the time that I was considering it and I'd actually had this other basketball scholarship, my brother decided to go off to FSU. My father was like, yes, you know, and you guys can get a house together and we can save money. And in my head, I was like, wait a minute. I'm going to be this, my brother's live-in maid, and I'm never going to have a date. So, no. So, I went to a little school down in Miami and said, forget it. I'll play basketball down here. And so, I had to laugh when you said that, too. Like, yeah. no, I'm going to go to UF. Yeah. And forge a different life. You have a different life because my two older brothers went to school at FSU, and they end up having to live at home. That was the rule. Oh, so gotcha. I'm, that's what I said. I'm applying to UF, and if I get in, I'm out of here. And that's what I did. And then my oldest brother actually ended up at UF in dental school there. So we were there at the same time, but he uh, was married and lived in married housing, so I didn't see him a whole lot. Oh, so you didn't have to room with him. No, I didn't have, I didn't <laughs> have to do that. Share toilet paper, right. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you kind of already in a roundabout way hit at your whatsoever project or ministry is that you like to serve. And so you are serving the church in a unique way. And it's a way that I think often goes overlooked, but it's actually a really important little ministry. And so I'd like for you to share with our listeners today about your whatsoever project or ministry. And uh, actually I am in the litur- liturgical Lenin's uh, ministry, which I absolutely love, and I didn't even know there was such a thing. And that's one of the things about, I guess, when you're a Catholic, there's so many ministries that we don't know about. And I actually had a fellow parishioner who is involved in this ministry, Lucille, who has become a very dear friend. So I want to mentioned that uh, Wait, little Lucille little Lucille oh shout out Lucille yes. my buddy yeah love and, her and she approached me um, and we're in the same small Christian community and she asked me about it um, afterwards if this was something I would like to do and I, w- I was what is that and what we do is we actually wash and iron all the corporals the purificators and the towels that are used in the mass and so I met with Pat Klein, who had been over this ministry, and she actually took the time to show me what to do and talk to me about how we wash them, how we iron them, and so on. And I remember the very first time I did it, I was absolutely terrified. I thought, I'm going to burn them. I'm going to put a <laughs> hole in them. What have I gotten myself into? Right. Everything's going to turn pink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I put a, you know, do something incorrectly. And I, I actually was terrified about it. And so, of course, the first time I did it, I prayed and asked for him to guide me and help me and, and get through it. And I got through it the first time just fine. And I thought, yeah, I can do this. And... Um, We happened to, shortly thereafter, I was home visiting my mom, and she had befriended two retired nuns who lived up the street from her. And we had breakfast with them one day, and I was telling them I just started this ministry and how I was so afraid of it and terrified. And one of the nuns said to me, every time you iron one, pray for someone. And so I started doing that, and it just made this incredible difference it not only keeps me close to god but you can never run out enough people to pray for so that just made such a difference i always pray before i iron and then of course everybody gets their own individual prayer if i know when someone is struggling or they've been ill i always put a special prayer in for them so 
That's yeah. beautifully. Yeah, so I, I do I do really enjoy it. But that first time, I'm going, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> thanks a lot, Lucille. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, I actually loved it, though. Okay, I wanted to ask you, and that's really pretty. I love everything you shared, especially the praying as you iron. I wanted to ask you a little bit, though, before we go forward, because you mentioned a couple of the terms, the purificators and the corporals. Are there any other terms, any other special words that we would need to know to understand a little bit more about liturgical linen ministry? Uh, well, the, you know, I don't know if everybody knows what they specifically are used for, but the corporals um, are the ones, is the cloth that's placed on the altar, and that catches any particles of the precious blood or any drops of the precious blood, excuse me, the precious body or any drops of the precious blood. And the purificators is what you see the Eucharistic ministers use when after you receive the blood of Christ, that they wipe it out and the priest wipes out the chalice. So um, that's for that. And the towels are basically what they dry their hands on, you know, what they use when they wash or clean their hands prior to consecrating. Okay, so basically the purificators, the corporals, and the towels. So when I was doing a little bit of research to see, well, what are some of the other linens? I saw like table runners, a chalice pall. I saw a processional canopy. Oh my goodness. For Eucharistic adoration and, and... I thought, oh my goodness, it was almost three thousand dollars. I oh, said, wow. I, I would die if I had to launder that. <laughs> and that's actually, it's not one thing I have ever done. Okay, so I couldn't tell you, you know, what they do with those. I'm just glad maybe I'm not one of those people. They've handed it. You're still Especially working if it's your $3, way. Three thousand dollars. Yes, I could not believe that. Yeah. So purificators, corporals, and basically the towels. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're ready for liturgical linens ministry. So what I'd like for you to do is tell the listeners a little bit about a day in the life of Cindy. So we go to Mass, and during Mass, do you find yourself thinking, oh, did I do a good job washing that? Or, <laughs> but you get, we get through Mass, and so then how does your day begin? And after, you know, what's great about it, we actually have a schedule for the entire year, and there's 11 of us that do it, and so we each take a weekend. So, for example, if I'm going out of town and it's my weekend to do it, I'll just call one of the other ladies and we trade dates. So there's always, always somebody who's going to be available to wash and iron the linens. So typically we can either pick them up after 10 a.m. Mass or after uh, 8.30 Mass on Monday morning. Um, We take them home. You want to wash them right away. We do pre-treat them because sometimes there might be lipstick on them or something like that. So there is a process for that. Let me ask you a question. When you wash the linens, is it just for the mass that you attend or is it for all the masses? It's for the entire week. For the entire week? For the entire week. So if there's a wedding, if there's a funeral, you'll have those additional linens in there with the daily and all the weekend masses. And so we take them home right away. We wash them right away. Basically, if you find anything on them, you pre-treat them, and then you wash all of them together, the purificators, the corporals, and the towels. But we don't use things like bleach. We don't use starch. We don't use dryer sheets. And the vinegar is more just to sanitize them. And so after you're done washing them and you put them on a gentle cycle because you don't want them thrashing around in there, we then place them in the dryer. Everything goes in the dryer and after about four or five minutes you actually take the linens out and then you continue to run the dryer and let the towels dry. And then we take the linens and we roll them up lengthwise in a tube. And you've got about 10 of them together 
and then you put them in newspaper sleeves, and then you put them in the refrigerator for about four or five hours. And what this does is you take them out so they're somewhat damp. And the reason you want them to be somewhat damp is when you iron them, it gives them that starch type of feel. Wow, you learn something new every yeah. day. So it gives a starchy type feel to, yes, yeah, so that's why we leave them in the refrigerator. That's and fascinating. And I take everything out of the refrigerator, one shelf, and I'm wiping down the shelf. Move the, the carrot. Exactly. Honey, Aww. do we need this? Is it, you know, is it spoiled, whatnot? And then you just place them in the refrigerator, and then you let them sit for a while, and then uh, you iron each one. And I, you know, like I said, I pray over each one and very specific and iron them and make sure they're neat. And we actually have a certain way you have to fold them. I was going to ask you that yeah. because I was doing some research and the USCCB, United States Council of Catholic Bishops, said there's a certain way that they're folded. I didn't mm -hmm. know if you had to fold them the same way. There is. The corporals are folded up in thirds and then folded up in thirds again so that when the priest opens it up, it's there laid out a certain specific way for him. And then the purificators, we just fold them in thirds, or excuse me, I should say one side and then one over, and then you fold it over, almost like a hand towel type of thing. But I can't get over the refrigerator. I don't oh, yeah. know if I'm ever going to go to mass <laughs> again and not think about, wow, those linens were in somebody's refrigerator, refrigerator. this past yeah. week. That's fascinating. Yeah. Is that universal? So, for example, you know, what I love about the Catholic faith is that when I went on mission to the Dominican Republic, I was missing my family. I was in mass and I knew that while it was in Spanish and my family was back home listening to the same uh, mass, yeah. the same readings in English, and it united us, right? And so I was thinking as you were speaking, especially now I'm captivated <laughs> by the refrigerator part of this. I didn't know that. This is fascinating. But I was thinking, so if I'm in a church in you know, I don't know, Nashville, Tennessee, is the person who's doing the liturgical linen ministry doing the same thing? I, I would think most likely they are. They're actually, I, I don't even know if it's a publication anymore, there's actually a little booklet that is a guideline. And I would think that anybody doing this would need to do it this way. And actually, when I first started, I did go watch a couple of YouTube videos just to see, to make sure I was on track and I was doing it correctly. And I think I watched maybe three and they were all doing it wow. the same. And there was actually one video was led by a priest and he was explaining how to iron them and everything. So, so it, it, at least it seems to, I would hope so, okay. that it is very universal and that everybody does the same. But do you uh, iron the purificators and the corporals first and then you, you fold the towels later? How does that work? Is there a certain way that you have to do that? Well, since the refrigerator, excuse me, since the linens are sitting in the refrigerator, you continue to run the dryer so the towels are dry and then you go ahead and fold those anyway. So they're already done and out of the way before you ever get around to ironing. Do those have to be folded a specific way as well? Uh, pretty much just like a regular hand towel. You know, you fold it one side to the other and then once over and... Uh, do the priests have their special preferential desires, I should say? Well, they haven't indicated so far. They haven't indicated anything. So, you know, you just uh, you go and go, I just pray, I just want to do right by them. And right. Well, I know we had some priests, uh, some previous priests, and, you know, one wanted one thing over here, and one wanted oh, okay. one thing over there. And the poor little altar server is like, okay, for this priest, <laughs> this one goes on the right, this one goes on the left. For this priest, fold the towel this way. Oh, you know, okay. some people want them folded one way, some want them folded yeah, another way. I, I didn't know so. if, if that fell into part of the USCCB. 
but you know guidelines you know, not that I'm aware of but uh, you know how I've been taught and everything so I've been doing that the same way okay so we got a little sidetracked there <laughs> so she's telling us about a day in the life of her ministry and so I just got hung up on the whole refrigerator <laughs> thing have you ever spilled anything no I have not fortunately I have not but I you know I just try to be very conscientious about what I'm doing because I I look at it for me when I do this I think of it as I'm serving God. This is my way of serving God. And also, I feel like I'm helping our priest mm-hmm. also, that they have the, the cloths that they need to do what they are, you know, are doing from the altar. And so when you see them in work, it's just, you're going, wow, I, I was part of that. You know, I, I helped you know, iron them and try to make them look as nice and as possible. And It's funny, on episode seven, we had my buddy, Mary McCarthy, who does the sewing. and. I asked her, I said, do you find yourself sometimes looking up there? She goes, oh, yeah. She said, sometimes after Mass, I'll go over and I'll say, you're looking really snazzy in your new vestment. <laughs> you know." And so I was thinking as we talked about your possibly coming on and, and sitting with us at Whatsoever 168 podcast here, you know, I thought, I wonder, does she look up there when he's, you know, unfolding or when he's folding the corporal and the, the extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion have their purificators? I wonder, does that go through your mind as well? Well, you know, f- uh, you know, oddly enough, it does not. And the reason I think for me personally, I love receiving the Eucharist. And so I'm very, well, I'm, when I come into church, and I sit in that pew, that's it. I'm totally focused on what's going on up front. I'm focused on the altar. I'm preparing to re- receive the Eucharist. So I don't really think, oh, was that a batch of the ones I ironed, you right. know, and, and that type of thing. So and did she roll them in the newspaper properly? <laughs> I, I have quite the collection of newspaper sleeves um, in my laundry area. Oh, I didn't yeah. think about that. So you don't reuse the, the you, you do you reuse Use them. But okay. sometimes um, when I go to pick up my container, I usually go the following weekend and go pick my container up out of the, the room where we pick them up. Um, is oh, I keep my fingers crossed. Please let the sleeves be in the in, and they usually are. So okay, I use them. Question. And I was thinking about this. Do is there a certain laundry detergent that I, they prefer? No, you know they haven't really specified. I I use actually baby laundry detergent because it's clear and doesn't have any dyes. Gotcha. So that's what I use. And then we use OxyClean and of course the vinegar type of thing. But we can't use any kind of any type of bleaching material on them because it could eventually break down the material that was my next question yeah. it breaks it down it breaks okay. it down and they probably don't want any scented i wouldn't think so i mean i've not haven't been told don't use this particular detergent it's just that i felt because it's linens and it's very important cloths that i treat them very tenderly now are these cloths typically are they cotton are they polyester are they another kind um, of fabric i've seen a few cotton ones but typically they're linen Look at their our linen material and everything. So fancy. Nothing but the best for God. <laughs> but, you know, I think for me, a lot of what's good, for, I think, for me personally doing this is a lot of people don't know this and they find it kind of hard to believe. But I'm basically a very shy person. So this type of ministry is very fitting for me because I'm not a front and center, out there kind of person type of thing. So this is an opportunity to serve God who understands my shy side. Mm. Well, it's funny that you said that because that was actually my next question is why this ministry? And obviously you tapped into the fact that you 
you don't need to be out front. No. Mm-hmm. But is is there any other motivating factor or is there another reason that you chose this ministry? Well, I think one of the things I like about it, it's, um, it's one of those ministries that is unique and really behind the scenes, but without it, you wouldn't have the altar linens clean and ready to be used during Mass. So um, that's one of the things I enjoy about it. It's just one of those, I don't want to call it a hidden ministry, but in some ways it kind of is. But what does the Bible say? We are many parts, but one yes. body. Yes. Right. And so we need, you know, it says, you know, do we need this part? Do we need this part? Yeah, we need the, all the parts mm-hmm. to make the whole. And it's so important, like you said, without this ministry, it would be a much more challenging right communion time so we're glad that you're doing that i have a whole new respect because as i'm going through my steps and this early formation for me through this podcast ministry i'm learning a few things behind the scenes of the different aspects of ministry in the church you know i i learned that we have somebody who sews mm-hmm. i didn't know that we had you know you just think about it oh they probably went online and, right. and googled all right we need a table runner and they just bought it well somebody had to make that and then you know interviewing extraordinary ministers of holy communion and some of the little techniques that they shared on the the podcast and then just the different people that we've interviewed in their ministries uh young adult ministry uh, music ministry it's just fascinating to me to learn the nuances and and so with you with linen ministry it's something it's not that we take it for granted it's just like you said we forget about all the many parts we just see the one body which really is what's supposed to happen Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to go into church and be scrutinizing the individual ministries right we really like you said should be focused on christ and so but you're part of that body yeah. You know, so it's really important. Yeah, and it's a nice way. And you know, and, and you think about how God kind of prepares you mm-hmm. down for down that the road, so to speak. My chore as a child from seventh grade up until I went off to college, I did the laundry for the entire family. All six <laughs> of us. And I thought, he was preparing me to do this way down the road. He said, You'll do the laundry and you'll get a handle on it and and down the road. I'll, I'll bring you back in and you will continue to do this. You'll serve somebody even greater. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many funny comments about siblings, but I shall refrain right now since we already did pick on her siblings earlier on this podcast. Well, let me ask you a little question here about you touched upon how God was forming you early on doing laundry for your entire household. But what else formed you to be able to give this yes? To give this yes? Um... Well, a lot of people, I don't think, know this about me. I'm actually a convert. I w- I'm not a cradle Catholic or anything like that. So, when, actually, I became confirmed a month before my oldest son became confirmed in the Catholic Church. And I would go to Mass with them, and I grew up Methodist. So, I w- it was kind of one of those things I was not really ready to let go what I knew and what I was raised on. But that Eucharist just really touched me. And... I just really felt that pull that I wanted to have that close relationship. So I prayed very hard about it. And it took me about a year, even though I'd been going for many, many years with my children to church. There was that one year that I just felt that call from him that I really wanted to have that connection. I wanted to be a part of that. So that's when I decided to... Something deeper. Something. I wanted to go much deeper than anything I ever knew. Was there a final push that just said, this is it? I don't know. I think just seeing 
people go out and receive the Eucharist and, and can see how much it meant to them and how they just seem close. And I go, I want that. I want that. I want to have that type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that he was just, just very slowly kind of leading me that way and said, it's, it's time. I can feel it that you're ready to do this and, and I want you to do this. Well, you said earlier on that St. Teresa of Calcutta was a saint who inspired you. Mm-hmm. Was there anything from your reading about her that helped in that journey? I think that, you know, I absolutely love her because she served the poorest of the poor. And I think what I find so beautiful about her, she didn't, she saw everybody the same. She loved everybody the same. And she would do what she could to reach them and, and help them out and take care of them. And I think that's just something that for me personally, I like to do that. Right. I like to, you know, be able to reach out to those, those people who are forgotten about, no one thinks about them, that, you know, that's just me. Right. Just, well, it's funny you say that because you said that this ministry is this small ministry, but what mm. it, But you know best, what did she say? St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta said, yeah. do small things, things with great, great love. love. Yes. Exactly. And you're definitely doing that. So great. I have to laugh because I didn't. Kn- I knew that you were a convert, but I didn't know that you were Methodist. Mm-hmm. And my father-in-law, he was a Methodist, okay. but he went to Catholic Church for many, oh, many okay. years. And fortunately, he passed away before he could convert. But he used to call himself a Methodic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. And our priest would crack up. He's like, well, you know, I'm part Methodist, I'm part Catholic, but I'm not really Catholic. I got my foot in this door. Got my- exactly. He was such a funny guy. And... Um, but so many graces in the hospital before he died. Mm. And so I just brought up a great memory. So thanks so much for that. So yeah, so you were formed in that way. So your family formed you and then just being with your kids. It's so funny how our children do that. You know, I I was cradle Catholic and I went to a little Catholic school as well. And then, you know, like a lot of college kids, I got away from the faith. Yeah. And I still was trying to be a good person, but just not saying, yes, I'm serving Christ, you know? And luckily I had my grandma Rolette, who was a profound influence in my life. Mm. And, and, and she was a Baptist, but boy, wow. she was a true sign that pointed me to Christ. And and so I understand that. I'm more what you call a revert. My heart now is is more on fire than it, it ever was. But just those little pieces, like you said, that little word that's said here, this little piece in the homily that said there somebody goes and says something you watch somebody do something and the way they use their life and you just are moved and then there's that moment but then you have children and so I remember with my son we we wanted to have children and I wasn't getting pregnant and when I finally got pregnant I was so eternally grateful I I quit all sports and I'm a sportsaholic I didn't want to take any chance of anything happening to my baby growing inside me I was so grateful and it brought I went back and fell to my knees and just thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord and I will do nothing to jeopardize this so I quit surfing all my surfing buddies (laughs) like what are you doing I'm like oh no like but you're a good surfer and I'm like yeah but I can't control all the variables and I'm not taking that chance what if what if something happens and it just lit this fire in me of just gratitude and then I wanted to give back and so I understand yeah. that when you say about your children, they're the ones. It's so funny how life is this little cycle of, you know, then they kind of go away from the church and then they have kids and the kids bring them back. And, and I can imagine that the priests see these cycles over oh, and over yes, and over exactly. again. But just profound. I love that your boys 
essentially brought you to Christ. You know, because I would go to Mass with them every week, but could sure. not participate. But, you know, and I was blessed to have, a, you know, I think, you know, my mother's still alive. She's 89. She'll be 89 in March. But she is one of these women. And I don't know if you've encountered people like this. God's light truly shines mm-hmm. through her, and she will draw people who have no faith. Just They just want to be around her. And she just, she loves everybody. My mom just, she does. She loves everybody she meets. doesn't matter who you are. And she's just such a wonderful inspiration to me, just by the way she lives her life. That's awesome. Yep, I do know somebody like that, yeah. my grandmother. Yeah. So, yep, I do miss her. Let's bring this back, Cindy. So you talked about a day in the life of liturgical linen ministry, which you call linen ministry. (laughs) You shared why you want to to do this ministry and then how you were formed for this ministry. And I want to go back to something you said about how every time you iron, you say a prayer for different people. What other things do you do besides the whole refrigerator thing (laughs) and the newspaper rolls? What are some other things that you do as you're getting ready to prepare this linen for, you know, the next service? Well, I think a lot of it is just before I start, I always say, you know, pray that the Holy Spirit will guide me and be with me through throughout it. And I think just before, you know, start something like that, because I do find the ministry to be important. I do feel like it, you know, plays an important role with our Mass. And it also, I just think preparing myself to, to just spend some time with the Lord before I start and ask him to be just be there with me and who I need to be praying for that Mm -hmm. particular day if I know what someone you know told me recently what they're going through I just make sure they're in that you know when I'm doing that and you know I had somebody tell me one time years ago when I was coming back into the church you know if you read the gospel and you read the readings before mass yeah you will get a lot more out of it and Mm -hmm. of course I told you my children really are the ones who brought me back so of course I'm in mass and you know sit down don't talk sit over here let's be quiet we don't want people kicking us out it was really hard to focus however when I started reading the readings and preparing the Mm. readings before mass of course I got so much more out of it. So I bet when you, as you're preparing the linen and you're doing your ironing and you're doing your praying, you're praying. Good gravy! <laughs> yes, I was an English teacher. <laughs> this is how you know this is real. When you're, pre- I think I was saying preparing and praying, and so I came up with a new you word. I wonder if that's going to be in Webster's. But anyhow, as you're preparing the linen and you're praying. <laughs> I can imagine that it sets your mind more focused on Christ, but then also you're thinking how these will be used. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like you said, Eucharist is so important, and obviously these these are central parts to the Mass. While they're small, they're very important. And so I can imagine as you're doing that laundry, along with the ritual of praying, that just readies your heart. Oh, it really does, you know, and... Um it's just amazing that it, it, it just how much closer it brings you to God when you get that. You just kind of have that quiet time for several hours when you're ironing, and you just feel like it's just the two of you, and He's right there with you. So you don't have the radio on. Oh or no, I have absolutely nothing on. Yeah, I just I just keep keep it very quiet mm-hmm. and very focused and very prayerful. 
Interesting. I'm going to have yeah. to talk to Lucille now and see how she does it. <laughs> so exciting. I'm learning so much. So you shared a day in the life of and how that linen ministry works. What training do they actually give you? Is it, It's not really so much, here's the laundry basket, good luck. Yeah, yeah. Let's all see pray you, real quickly. See you next week, right. How's that work? The first time, well, actually, the training I had was um, Pat Klein. Um, I went in there uh, in the, where the sacristy is, where they keep um, the linens and everything, and she actually showed me. This is, you know, this is, she gave me a list of instructions. We do have instructions, you know, how to wash them, about rolling them up, what way to roll them up, put them in the sleeves. Uh, and she showed me, she had them laid out. This is how you're going to iron them. And then you're going to fold them this way. And then you're going to iron them this way. So you, you fold them up and then you're ironing the front and you're ironing the back as well. So you basically open it up and iron the whole square. And then you fold them and iron them again. Then you fold them over and then you iron that part again. So you get that nice uh, starch type feel to it. But so she did, she just took me under her wing and showed me what to do. And she knew, I told her I'm terrified <laughs> and I want to make sure I do this right. Well, you just care. You're just yeah. conscientious and you want to do a good job and you, and you want to serve and serve well. Right. So no special training from the diocese per se? Uh, I wouldn't say, no. Um, I was taught by someone who had been doing it for many, many years. And this is pretty universal then, you would, you would say? I would think so. I mean, I can't speak and say that accurately, but I did just watch a few YouTube videos to make sure that I was on track and, mm-hmm. and doing it correctly and found that the ones I watched, they were all doing it the same. That's amazing. We just take that for granted, you know? I look at the vestments, I take, you know, we've yeah. taken that for, you look at the arts and environment. Oh gosh, and, they're and all that stuff had to yeah. get there. And you just, it's all these little pieces that, come, like we said, many parts that come mm-hmm. to, to fruition to make that one body. It's important, it's special. I know, after speaking with you, of course, and I knew Lucille <laughs> did the linen ministry, mm-hmm. and we've chatted, but now I really want to go and say, do you do everything you're supposed to do? <laughs> this is a lot. And by the way, Cindy's available for all ironing <laughs> that she's saying. Um, I think she's going to charge you. She serves our church, but not you. But if you'd like your stuff ironed, she does a really good job. So real quickly, what do you do? I know that you said that you pray, but what else are you doing in your life to keep that mindset? And when I say that, I know, for example, like in the summer, I go on retreat, Mm -hmm. you know, since I do youth ministry, it's really important for me to have that getaway and to be really alone with the Lord. And then also I, within this retreat, it's also slash a conference. So we have speakers and things like that. And I really enjoy that. And it really kicks me off and fires me up for the next youth ministry year, right? And so then along the way, I have books I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I read the, I try to read my Bible. I'm some days I'm better at reading scripture yeah. than others. You know how that goes. I listen to um, some other podcasts. I have, ah. I love Father John Ricardo. I hear him when I'm not at my other job. I listen to him at eight o'clock in the morning. So there's these little things that I'm doing to try to stay close to Christ. And I was wondering, what are some of the things that you do to keep that mindset? Well, I do read scripture every day. And I also take Bible study classes. And I'm getting ready to start taking the book of Job next week at St. John's uh, Church. I've been doing that with them for several years. This is actually the eighth class that I've taken with them. So I, I do try to, uh, and they do two classes a year, so I've been taking all of them. And it just helps me to try to go really deep and understand scripture and understand maybe that specific Bible type of thing. I took the book of Revelations there and I thought, oh dear, the book of Revelations. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. And mm-hmm. I learned so much. So I, 
I love taking Bible study classes and trying to really understand that particular Bible. Usually I'll find some favorite verses that really leap out at me and stand out for me. Um, I have discovered this online company called The Good Catholic, and they do reflection courses. And I just finished a 40-day reflection called Thy Will Be Done. And it talked about um, giving complete trust to God, abandoning yourself to Him completely, just the crosses that He gives and how to in how to handle those and how to bear those. I did a 30-day reflection on the Holy Mass, which was really interesting. And you read some material first, and then there's a short video led by a priest who does the entire series. And so there have been times uh, the priest will say something that'll just move me to tears. A different perspective that I never thought of. I find those are very, very moving for me type of thing. So just trying to always learn and always open myself up to understand Scripture and to draw closer to God. And, and that's a lot of what I do. And then reading books, too. Uh, I get in my email every day the saint of the day. Yeah. So I, I read about all the saints, and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that about that particular saint. That is amazing. Yeah, when you dive into the saints, it's fascinating. We're working on that with a middle school youth group oh, right yeah. now, saints. Oh, yes. It's interesting. And it's fun. I'm learning along with them, too. There's some saints, some obscure saints. And yeah. I really like hearing their stories. Pretty fascinating. It sounds like you're really rounded because you are taking, I know you're going to the SEC, the small Christian community. Mm-hmm, correct. And so you get that human interaction. But then you said that you're also doing the online stuff, too. So it's more, is that more at your own pace? Right. And what's good about those classes, you can... Uh, when you sign up, you get an entire year to finish it. So if it takes you a year, it takes you a year. But I make sure I do every day. I do one every day. And then at the end, I print all the materials out and make a notebook okay. so that I can always go back and reflect and read them again. So you've been a Catholic for a while, so you have some, <laughs> an extensive library now, huh? I'm building that up, yes. I love it. Cindy, you are so much fun. I was wondering if some people wanted to get in touch with you. Is there a way that they can reach out to you? Uh, they can certainly uh, email me at uh, 57tbears at bellsouth.net. Bears Becky. like the animal. <laughs> so spell, is it T, just the letter T? Mm-hmm. And B-E-A-R-S at bellsouth.net. Wow, so 57tbears at bellsouth.net. What does that mean? Is that code for something? Are you T a bear is for fan? teddy bears. Aww. I, I grew up loving teddy bears. I still have my very first teddy bear, so it's T-bears is for teddy so bears. So she has 57 teddy bears. <laughs> I don't bears. have that many teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> she said she's not on social media, guys, so you'll have to reach her via email, which is awesome. So if you have any questions about liturgical linen ministry or just anything you've heard here today, I know that she'd love to hear from you it's always nice getting that feedback from the listeners and and just making new contacts like you said like you said there's little pieces that come into your lives right and so you never know who might reach out to you as we wind this down are there any special projects you're promoting I know that you're doing the linen ministry but I know that you have your hand in a lot of other stuff I know you said that you're retired and you do not want to sit at home and eat bonbons not that we are (laughs) opposed to bonbons they're a lot of fun and soap operas I'm sure uh, no, <laughs> I haven't watched soap opera since like middle school. When my school went, my school was a split session, so I was I went in at seven and went out at okay. twelve. So I got addicted to all the the ABC oh, soap operas right. for that one year, those, yes. and then I went into like uh, well, I had to go back to regular school because I only did that school for one year. So I went into my that school as a sophomore year, 
And I was like, my, I don't get to watch my soap operas. And this is, you know, before DVR and all right, that. Right, we can record them. I know, these kids just have it so easy. So anyhow, we are not on social media. But you, like I said, you can reach her at thebellsouth.net. As we wind this down, I was wondering real quickly, do you have any special projects you're promoting? I truly love volunteering. And I volunteer for three nonprofits. One is St. Mary Helping Hands. Also, um, the Children's Hunger Project and the Brevard Humane Society. I have been active volunteers uh, with all three of those organizations for several years now. So I know on episode three with Chico and Pat Mastropalo, they talked all about Helping Hands mm-hmm. Ministry. So if you'd like to learn more about that, you could go, I'm gonna refer you back to episode three. But tell us a little bit about the Children's Hunger Project. Um, it's a really amazing project. They uh, feed over 2,200 school children a week at about 46 elementary schools. And these are children who are on the free and reduced lunch programs at their school. Some of these schools have as many as 80% of their students are on these programs. And so it's volunteers, it's a nonprofit. They receive their money to buy the food through donations. And every week they have volunteers who go and they actually pack the food for these children and they each get their own individual bag that they will pick up on Friday at school. And it's enough, hopefully enough food to last them the entire weekend. A lot of these children wouldn't even have food over the weekend. And they can open them up very easily. They don't have to cook any of it or anything like that. So it's an organization I got involved with about four and a half years ago. And it's just a way of helping your community and those in need. And even though you don't meet these children, but just by packing a meal for them just can, can make such a difference. And, and it's, you know, sadly, that's the world we live in. But there's a, this is an opportunity to try to help them as much as possible. I remember when I, t- I was speaking with the Master Palos and we were in our interview, the statistics were mm-hmm. staggering mm-hmm. how many children are food insecure and how many families just in our little county yeah. alone are food insecure. It's, it's sad. And it really is. Sad. But thank you so much for, for promoting that and for encouraging people. And what was the other one? It was the Brevard Humane Society. Okay. Um, actually, I go up there and I'm a dog walker. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I found our dog that we adopted. He was nine and a half years old at the time. But, you know, if you, you love dogs and you want your dog fixed, it's a great way to do. You go outside, take them outside, play with them. I have gotten so many dogs kisses Aww. over the years, and these dogs have been through so much. Some of them have been abused or abandoned or strayed. Uh, we've taken dogs in from Puerto Rico oh, wow. and everything. And so just... They've been through so much, but they're so loving, and they all need wonderful homes. Well, you get your fix. You get the kid fix, and then you get the the pet fix, the dog fix. You know, it's so funny. When my daughter Riley was in kindergarten, at the end of the year, they do these cute little videos, and individually they had the kids get up and say, my name is so-and-so, I'm this, you know, old, and when I get older, I want to be. And so they're building up, right? And, you know, one girl... You know, she wants to be a doctor, a kid uh-huh. wants to be a lawyer, another kid wants to be, you know, a pharmacist, another one wants to be a veterinarian. And this one kid gets up there so proudly, goes, I want to be a dog walker. <laughs> and I felt bad for the parents of the kid who went next because everybody erupted. <laughs> it was hilarious. But I thought, you know what? 
good for him. Yeah. He knows what he wants to do. He so I'm going to make and, sure that I give him your email and address. When and he's say, 16, hey, he can come and walk dogs. Yes. Uh, you know what? That's going to be yeah. a couple of years. That is hysterical. Years. I love it. So Helping Hands, the Children's Hunger Project and Brevard Humane mm-hmm. Society. And we are not listened to just by people in Brevard County. So I can imagine that Cindy's encouraging you to get out to other humane societies oh, very much as so. well. I always and need it, help. And if you want to reach out to her again, it's 57tbears at bellsouth.net. I'm sure she'd be happy to speak with you about that. And as we close this out, Cindy, (laughs) I'm challenging you to challenge our listeners. We have the 168 Don't Wait Challenge. I'm going to ask you, did you know there are 168 hours in a week? I, you know, I learned that from listening to your podcast. Oh, there you go. It's good I, for something. I listened to several of them, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Everybody goes, no, I didn't. And then you can see them doing the math in their heads. I'm like, it's correct. It's correct. I've done it several times. Oh, they're challenging you. They are. I know. Some t- now, you know how you say something so many times, then you wonder if it's really true? That's where I am right now. So the 168 Don't Wait Challenge, I was wondering if you would challenge our listeners for the next 168 hours, what could they do? Um, actually, I think go to Eucharist Adoration. You know, that's actually uh, tomorrow. Okay. And I think just spend an hour with our, you know, our Lord, just like He said. So you cannot keep watch with me for one hour. It's just one hour to sit with Him and just sit in His presence. Um, I would, you know, that's that's a challenge I think for a lot of people to try to to attend that. But that's something I would in, encourage to be and just you know just be kind, be generous of your time. Offer someone a smile or a kind word or deed. It doesn't take anything to do anything like that. And one of my favorite quotes is from St. Francis of Azizi, which is, the deeds you do may be the only sermon some people will hear today. And I really like that. So just just go out with a joyful heart and, and just show that to others and be kind. We're and ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors for Christ, exactly. Beautiful. What a great challenge. So get on that, guys. And if you do not have Eucharistic adoration, at least go out there and be nice. <laughs> right? Be kind, yes. And be kind. <laughs> exactly. So I want to thank you very much for coming out. That's a beautiful challenge and definitely one I will be getting on this week, Friday. That's I Friday. Friday. So I think yes. I'm going to go over to Divine Mercy. Uh, I have to work over there. So I definitely will be get on get on that. And just real quickly before I let you go, I was thinking about the linen ministry. And I had to laugh because you think about when you wash things, right? Invariably, or you dry them. Seriously, I have a whole pile of socks that have no <laughs> matches. And I, there's this funny little cartoon where the two socks are heading into the dryer. They're a whole bunch of socks, and they got the, you know, the the big teacher sock goes. All right, everybody, buddy up. <laughs> We don't want anybody getting lost. And I had to think about your ministry. Have you ever lost anything? Thank God I have not. Yes, I just, I'm very careful with them. You're talking about St. Anthony for sure. I count for all of them, yes. All the one I took out goes right back up to to the church. Well, God is good. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for coming here. Thank you for the beautiful light that you are. There's a beautiful light that shines on you and and for the work that you do in the liturgical linen ministry. It truly is. Um, I know when you and I spoke, you you said, well, it's just a, and and I'm so quick to try to deflate the just a little ministry because it really isn't, like we said before, many parts, one body, and we're not full, we're not complete without the linen ministry too. And so on behalf of all the people (laughs) who get to be in some ways touched by the linen, you know, because we are, 
as the priest is celebrating. It's it's for us, and you get to be a part of that, mm-hmm. and in some ways it unites us. And so we're glad that you came out to Whatsoever 168. We're glad you're on the podcast today, and I thank you so much for your time and thank for you the for ways. Thank you for having me. Yep, and the ways that you serve. And I hope you guys have a great day. Get on her Whatsoever 168 challenge and get to adoration and be kind. And you guys all have a blessed day. And see you, Cindy. See you soon. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Are you shocked like I am that our church linens go in a newspaper tube and in a refrigerator sometime before they are used? I'm still fixated on that process and so grateful to Cindy for enlightening us on this beautiful liturgical linen ministry. If you'd like to learn more about her ministry or would just like to connect with Cindy, hit her up via email at 57 tbears at bellsouth.net. She is always willing to help others. And as she promoted and encouraged, be sure to support your local Helping Hands ministry. And if you get a chance, look up the Children's Hunger Project or your local Humane Society to see how you can get involved and share a little of the light that's inside of you. Thanks again for tuning in to my Whatsoever 168 podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so and encourage your friends to subscribe too. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. It's always great to learn new things and to learn about the beautiful ministries in and around the church. I'm so grateful to Cindy and all of my other guests on the Whatsoever 168 podcast. If you have a recommendation for a future guest, please send me an email at whatsoever168podcast at gmail.com. I so enjoy meeting new people and learning about their journeys. I hope you all have a great week. And in the spirit of St. Scholastica, get out there, keep learning, and remember, be nice and make your next 168 hours count for Christ. Cause it's just